Hello, good evening and welcome to this Stop Press edition of The Game is About Glory, which is coming at you totally live and without an edit. Uh, I'm your host, THFC Steph, and uh, alongside me are Milo, Gareth and Ricky to discuss the sacking of Jose Mourinho earlier today. And before we get into it, I should be clear about the fact that we are straying from our usual notes and homework and we're going to fly by the seat of our pants tonight. And as I've just said, there will be no editing. Uh, what you're going to hear uh, is the unscripted and pure thoughts of everyone on what this dismissal means, as well as how Jose Mourinho's time with us was, uh, you know, if we can evaluate it, if we want to evaluate it, maybe you're just going to get passionate reaction. Let's see what happens. Um, for those waiting for our normal pod, that is going to be out soon and uh, keep an ear out for it. We were having such a good time last night, we lost track of it and rabbited on for ages. So poor old, uh, poor old Milo's got a lot of work on his hands. And of course, being the world of Spurs, uh, you know, our emotions regarding Mourinho have been somewhat compromised uh, with the breaking and developing news about this football structural change, uh, the European Super League. So yes, we are going to spend a couple of minutes at the end of tonight talking about that too. Um, so guys, hello, how are you? Uh, come off mic. Hi, yeah. Say your... Hi, Steph. Hello. Very good. Very good. You know, okay. Uh, I'm going to seed. I'm going to seed my opinion till last <laughs> and let you guys come in. <laughs> All right. Pop quiz. How do you feel about the fact that we woke up and, and Jose Mourinho was sacked? Oh. Who's coming in on that? Come oh, on. Let me, let, let me start then, Stefan. So, um, <laughs> This wasn't the news I expected this morning. I was just getting engrossed in all the talk about the Super League and then suddenly the news broke through on, on TalkSport, first of all, that he'd got the sack. So I don't think it was a surprise to any of us that it was going to happen and I don't think many people are going to be too disappointed either. I, I certainly wasn't disappointed if I compare my emotions to when I heard that our previous manager had lost his job. Um, it was a very, very different way of, of dealing with those emotions. So it's, it's, it's ultimately it's for the, it's for the good. I'm just glad we've got it out of the way now and that it won't rumble on into the summer now. Someone else has got to come yeah. in. You've got to cut me off. You know <laughs> that I'm going to go. Oh, you know I'm going to start. You know where I'm going with this. So, Milo, say. Yeah, so um, we've been talking about this on the pod. We've known this is coming for quite some time. So it wasn't really a surprise other than the timing. I, I was expecting this at the end of the season, uh, but I'm not disappointed that it's happened sooner. And um, I think... I think he'd become a poison at the centre of the club and everything as a self in the case of Mourinho had become about him. So whilst it, you know, I'm not expecting an immediate improvement in the team or anything like that, um, I think cutting that out and removing that, I think allows us to move forwards. But it may well be that we're treading water for a little while until, you know, his permanent successor is appointed. Okay. Ricky, Ricky, yes. look, look. I'm going to tell you to let your hair down and show me some really <laughs> guttural emotions. My hair is up. My Jedward is fully, flying fully high with, with, with delight. It's like a peacock's uh, feathers. It's, it's like a, a dog's wagging tail. But you let your hair down and just, and just come on. Come on, mate. Let's hear it. Um, because otherwise I'm going to butt in and give it. I, I'm happy about it. I mean, obviously I'm happy about it. I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a long time. I think the walls are gradually falling in on Mourinho. I said um, in last night's pod that will actually probably be after this pod that I thought we was on palliative care, basically. And, um, well, we only had to give him 12 hours of palliative care and he's put him out of his misery. So um, a fair play to Levy. I agree with Milo. The timing's a bit quirky, but, uh, you know, we'll take that. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's been decisive. He's always, he's always, sorry, he's always had this weird sense of timing when it comes to sacking managers, though, hasn't he, guys? Yeah. Right? He always does it when you least expect yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose this, 
Yeah, I mean, this mirrors his first sacking, wouldn't it? Which was George Graham mm. a couple of months into into his tenure as chairman. That was in March. All the other sackings have happened in October, November. If they happen, happened in mid-season. So I think that there was he had perhaps very little recent form for making a change at this point in the season. I, I, I think we all just expected it would it would rumble over on into the summer, and that's when the parting would happen. So look, you know, the plaster's been ripped off well and truly this morning, and and we can try and move on now. Look, you've all had your say, and I'm sorry. Now comes mine. I look. I cannot lie. This was a this was a relief of such epic proportions to me. This man has dragged the spirit and soul and identity of my football team as low as I can remember for some time. Uh, when you juxtapose it against the highs we had experienced through the five years prior to him, it was even worse. And the smug grinning and so on, you know, I still saw it afterwards. I've just seen a clip of the Sky interview where his patsy at Sky, the bloke who did that documentary with him, uh, was like, you know, mewling, mewling around him, like, you know, oh, Jose, you would have been fourth and all this business, you know, which was rubbish. Uh, and he's just looking so smug. He holds that picture up that's coming out of the trunk and and he says, nice picture, eh? And it's like him holding a trophy somewhere. It's like, you know what? Good riddance. Good riddance. And in my house, it was a case of celebration time. Come on. And Milo, I can see that you're, uh, you're, you're saying, God, I've, where's the tranquilizer? Come <laughs> no, on. No, I, I, I agree entirely. Um, it, uh, you know, I was a bit, I say, surprised over timing, but, you know, happy. You know, I always say about George Graham when people complain about, um, Levy sacking Graham, you know, on the eve of the uh, cup final. And my response to that is there's never a bad time to sack George Graham. And I feel very so- similar about, uh, <laughs> about Jose Mourinho. So, you know, from that point of view, I'm happy. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next chapter. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think it's positive. I mean, I will say this and, and Ricky, I suppose I'm going to put you on the spot here and be a little awkward. Uh, you know, look, if we were to take our usual notes driven and somewhat rational, uh, approach to things, which, you know, we love to do, uh, at the game is about glory. Uh, we would, you know, we would find some mitigating circumstances, uh, for his, uh, complete lack of performance and total failure at our football club. Uh, Again, let me re-emphasize, it is a failure based on his own projected incoming, uh, you know, trumpeting of what he was going to do for us. But that being said, you know, we can say that he has had some hardships and there have been some things which haven't gone his way. Uh, oh my God, it hurts. I'm, I'm trying to be reasonable, uh, and mm. say that, you know, there are some mitigating yeah. circumstances. Am I, am I right? Well, can I we think, get, I think obviously, obviously managing a team for a pandemic, I mean, no one's really ever done that before. Well, they might have done it in 1918, but I can't remember what was going on then. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that first season, genuinely he did have torrid injuries and I'd give him that. And we kind of finished through that season as best we can. And he did end up getting us in the Europa League, but, um, um, but apart from that, I don't, I don't give him any excuses from what he promised and what he promises. And I don't really like to mention, but he is, he is on 15 million quid a year. Um, he, I expect more from him from that. I think some of his ideas and his ideals are very outdated. I think he is yesterday's man. There's smarter, smarter kids around these days than him. And, um, I just think some people have obviously a right to question whether there's uh, frailties or inadequacies in the squad, but it's not like an either-or option at this stage. This was the only option at this stage. Um, we can deal with the team. We can deal with that. I think we can definitely get a benefit from a new manager. And even hopefully this season we might get a little a kick off whoever takes over temporarily. And, you know, we might we might still do okay. 
I just settle for enjoying my football again. You know, first and foremost, my primary response for, from football is I watch it to enjoy it, and I haven't 100%. enjoyed Spurs for a while. So, uh, you know, if if I just enjoy us playing, I enjoy watching us. You know, even if we don't win, um, you kind of the winning comes is secondary after that. It's quite high up the list, but enjoying my football is first. And if the players look like they're enjoying their football and they're attacking and they're having a go and uh, there's not a bad smell about the place, then I'm going to get a lot more. You know, I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And and again, you know, I think it's very important when we measure, you know, the, the news of this after you know, today's sacking and, and, and measure our emotional and, and quite visceral reactions to it, I believe. It is important to remember we are measuring it against the standards set by the man himself, both verbal, verbally when he came in. He told us he was satisfied with what he had. Nay, he said he was excited by what he had and he promised things he promised that he could do better than the previous manager he promised that he could bring us and push us over the line and some are going to say well he's not going to have a chance to get us over the line in a final because we sacked him before it but I would contend and argue that he's had the chance to get us through some awkward European uh, Champions League ties failed uh, he had the chance to get us to the Europa League final, which he boasted he always seems to win, failed miserably. I mean, he has been a failure by his own measure. And that's the one thing that I think stands more than anything about this. Am, am I right? Uh, yeah, no, I think you are. I think you've quoted the games that, that, are in, that are important to reference there, that you get him in and you know that the football's not going to be good and you know that eventually everything's going to turn toxic. But the trade-off of that is, historically, is that he puts pots in the in the cabinet and every opportunity that we've had to go and progress into a competition, you remember the penalty shootout defeat to Norwich in the FA Cup last year, which was what the, the last one before lockdown, that was an absolute horror display. Um, then there was the Leipzig Champions League game last year, where we just simply weren't there, or, you know, albeit Kane and some weren't there for those ones. Then this year, same thing happened with, with Everton and uh, kind of in mitigation, that 4-5 game felt like it was a bit of a one-off, but when you put it down against the rest of those those cup ties, it's, it's not a one-off. So the one thing you expect him to do to get you over those line and get you to those latter stages of competitions just hasn't happened yeah complete it's a failure by any measure yeah i think yeah i think yeah the upper just the nature of the up and down of the form was a concerning thing that never really shows like a straight line of progression and of course the kind of carousel of players that were in favor and not favor creating an in and an out group and gradually you know one after another seemed to be sort of in the doghouse or or you know and and in in unrecoverable situation in certain circumstances with Delhi and maybe Bale and it's I just I just don't think it's a way to run a football club anymore from a managerial point of view uh, Milo final word before we move on to the next topic of our live uh, live recording uh, final just give us a final thought on that this you know this emotional reaction to what happened today yeah it'll be interesting to see so we're getting on to um, onto onto the the interim replacement. It's going to be interesting to see who's back in contention. I I think you know what we're going to see is it's going to have to given the time. You know, we've got two games this week. Um, it's it's going to have to be a back to basics approach. I think uh, for um, for the weekend. And I think you know we were talking last night about whether the Everton game is a dress rehearsal for the cup final. I think Southampton definitely becomes that now. Uh, because yeah, it's going to be worth watching, isn't it? It is, it is. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see who's back in contention. Whether we're going to see Delhi again, um, you know, whether um, you know Bale features. There's there's quite a lot there that um, it, you know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. 
And of course, we should remind everyone that Ryan Mason is uh, taking over the team uh, along with uh, Chris Powell, I believe. Uh, Ledley's been uh, kept on. Working with him and and Ledley's been kept on too. So yes, Ledley will be part of that, obviously. Um, But, you know, let's talk about Ryan Mason coming in. Obviously, uh, I don't think anybody is expecting him to uh, get the job full time. But, you know, it's got to be, if you're a player in the dressing room, I think you're going to really look forward to at least seeing somebody who understands how you might have felt for the last like year and a half coming in and, and organizing you and saying, lads, let's, 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 let's make a fist of it here. Let's, let's show something. I mean, if you're Deli Alley, uh, and maybe even Danny Rose to that extent, who popped cheerfully out of a van behind a reporter today to say, what are you all doing here? Which I thought was pretty, pretty funny, actually. I mean, it's, it's got to be an uplift, right? An instant uplift. Yeah. It's a smart, it's a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. I think the good thing is, I think Mason's obviously got quite good connections with quite a bit of the squad already. So at least there's kind of, you know, a communication there and, and, uh, backed up by, um, Chris Ramsey. At least isn't it Chris Ramsey? Have I got that right? Uh, Powell. Chris Powell. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Backed up by Chris Powell is obviously an experienced piece of hand, uh, experienced set of hands to help him with, with what he's got to do for the next week. I mean, we don't know how long he's going to be there, do we? But yeah, Mason. I mean, I think the fans can get behind that. Mm. I think the ri- apologies there, Ricky. I left you left you hanging because I put my mic on mute, oh, so sure. you could hear me drinking my electrolyte fueled water to continue my energetic joy at the news today of Jose Mourinho sacking. Uh, sorry, Milo. Take. Bring me down again. <laughs> <laughs> no, was, or calm me down. Bit, I, I mean, say, the rumours are that um, Mason and Powell are there till uh, successor uh, can come in, and I think the likelihood that is that that's at the end of the season. Um, you know, the good the good managers are in work, aren't they? So, um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that's that that that's likely to be the case. Yeah, just, is there a possibility? Sorry, Gareth, go on. No, I was going to say, just making a mental note here. Ryan Mason was teammates with ten of the current squad, so he's played alongside them. And I mean, it's interesting to know what that dynamic is w- w- will be like. Um, you know, going beyond the first week, that this is a guy that shared a changing room with them, and you know, ultimately, and now we we I think we all really like Ryan Mason. I think he was very synonymous with those early days of the of the Pochettino area, and I, I think we've got a lot to feel very affectionate for him. Um, be, be, because of but I suppose he left the club didn't he because he was deemed as perhaps not being being good enough to be part of that project going forwards and it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out actually going forwards oh I think I mean in fairness let's let's be accurate I think it was very gracious the way it happened I think Potts realized that look it's not quite going to work out but I've got to look after you because you're a top man and we should remember that actually Potts was instrumental in him coming back to the club so and was always very welcoming and very open and very warm and I know that Milo's got a thought about that yeah (laughs) Ryan Mason's Twitter header is a photo of him um coming off the pitch with Pochettino putting an arm around him. So um, I think it's pretty clear that... Is that the picture he put up no, today? No, it's been there for weeks. It's been for ages. So it's not a new thing. Fantastic. So uh, there's obviously um, you know, a fondness there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, would have said that kind of Winks has found himself in a similar position to Mason was towards the end of his time with us. So I wonder whether... Um, you know, what they will be saying to each other and how they'll be getting on. I, I think the nice thing about Mason is it feels like there's a bit of unfinished business there, doesn't there? So it's, it's nice that, uh, he's got a, you know, even if it's only a few weeks in the top seat, um, you know, hopefully at the end of that, he can, he can go back and continue the good work he's doing with the academy, which has been flying this season. Um, and, yeah. you know, in due course, um, maybe we, you know, once he's got the experience and, uh, maybe been somewhere else first he can he can come back and do the job permanently but um all, all the same it's um 
you know, I liked him as a player. He's a club man. Uh, you know, he's a, it, it, it was sad that he went and obviously it was very sad the way that his career ended. So, um, you, we talked about how much credit people have got in the bank. Ryan Mason's got a lot of credit in the bank. Yeah, and I also think, you know, again, what the, probably the, the single most exciting thing about him cut being the guy that's coming in is that there, you, there will be some natural empathy with these players. And, 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 and boys, you, you, you know, I bang on about this all the time uh, on, on the threads and everything. You know, you can have the, the greatest footballers in, in the world in your side, but they still need, they need to be they need warmth. They need some guidance. They do. They're human beings. And I think it's forgotten that Harry Kane is a human being, understandably, because he's a goal machine and that Sung Young Min probably needs a little more of an arm around his shoulder sometimes when the form is dipping a bit and then he becomes great again. And you just, I don't know, I just feel that Ryan Mason sitting there and I just, I don't know, I think it's going to be a bit of a knees up myself. And for, for that alone, I'm looking forward to seeing our boys smiling a bit more and maybe just expressing themselves if they lose on Wednesday and Sunday, so be it, as long as they express themselves and play with a bit of joy. Right, Ricky? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Gareth was saying earlier, um, we might well get like a, a, a you know a new manager or new temporary manager bounce from this. Let's hope so. Um, I think, Gareth, you got some figures there, Gareth, you were saying earlier? Yeah, I've yeah. got uh, yeah, no, I've got some stats here. So looking at the last six managerial changes we made in mid-season, um, so that's going back from Christian Gross to, to George Graham, uh, so Graham to Hoddle, Hoddle to Pleat, Yol to Ramos, Ramos to Redknapp, AVB to Sherwood, Poch to Mourinho. On each of those, there has been a really positive bounce. In fact, it's almost doubled. Uh, so the number of points, average number of points gained over a six-game period, it nearly doubles. And that's not just exclusive to Spurs as well. So looking at last two Mourinho exits, so when he left Manchester United, they were averaging one point a game. Um, Solskjaer came in and, uh, well, they won the next six games. When he left Chelsea in 2015, they were averaging <laughs> 0.66 points a game. Um, Hiddink took over. That more that, that almost trebled. Um, even um, when Lampard left Chelsea earlier in the season was replaced by Thomas Tuchel. Uh, again, that points tally nearly doubles. So managerial bounces are a real thing. And there's real statistics behind the fact um, that you would expect a team to pick up more points once they change a manager in you know in mid season. Yeah, so yeah I we, think we've got to hope that's gonna happen. I think the Oli one's interesting because I don't still I still don't particularly think he's a very good manager, but it might just show that because um, I think you talked about this on the other pod with the way Man United play in that. I mean, I still don't think they play particularly well, like they're well coached. But I think what they might be is not, especially when Mourinho left, is maybe they were mentally oppressed and now they're, you know, they're mentally free. This is the they're point. They're mentally free. And that could this count is, for a lot. This, this is the point. You know, you can throw all the, the Tic Tacs and the XGs and the XYs and the ZXs and, you know, this, this, and this metric and that statistic. At the end of the day, human beings are human beings. And if they're treated seemingly like shit or repressed in some way, shape or form, there is going to be a negative consequence of that. And I believe we've just sat through a fair amount of it. Not on this pod. I mean, watching Tottenham. Honestly, the way he treats us behind closed doors, you wouldn't believe. Um, <laughs> I, I was wondering about the uh, Danny Rose thing. I mean, obviously he's not eligible to play because he hasn't been registered in any, any of the squads. But I, I was wondering whether they might bring him back into the like, first team squad uh, training for kind of good vibes. Um, again, he's going to know Mason from um, Mason's time as a player. Um, I don't know how popular Danny Rose is with the other players in the first team squad, but if he is bringing him back in um, and, and treating him with respect, 
uh, may well be well received by the other players, and it, you know, it might be a good move. Yeah, I think Levy's had him. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think Levy's had him in though, helping with the googling. I think you know. It's just... <laughs> no, agreed, and that's really what we're looking at. Is I think that we're all seeing that there is going to be a big bounce of positivity. I'm going to move us to the final, uh, yeah, the final point here in our emergency pod, uh, celebration pod. What do we call it? Emergency celebration pod of Jose Mourinho being sacked. As manager of Tottenham Hotspur, what a lovely day. Um, next permanent manager, who do we want? Who's it going to be? Milo. Nugglesman. Football hipster's choice. Ricky. Um, I don't think there's that many great people on, on the list, really. Nugglesman and, and Rogers. And I can't see Rogers really coming to us if Leicester get in the Champions League next year, if that even exists. But, um, so, you know, they're the two, I think. <laughs> Gareth? I, I think Brendan Rodgers is the standout candidate, actually. I think he ticks all the boxes. He's got Premier League experience. He's got a he's got track record of um, playing. I, th- I think probably fairly pragmatic football, but um, I think recently in his time at Leicester, we've seen that as good attacking positive football with a young team, which, which I think we'd all like. Um, I think the, the, the romanticist in me would, would like Scott Parker, but I think it's probably a job too soon for him. Um, but I think he's definitely one to, one, one to monitor. But yeah, I think, I think for me, Brendan Rogers, um, Nogglesman seems the obvious name to same, say he's the sort of sexy new name that's out there in Europe at the moment. I don't know a great deal about him other than what we've seen at Leipzig. I, I, I mean, I, I do want to say that I don't think changing the manager, we, we said there'll be a, um, there'll be, there'll be a new manager bounce. I think there will be. I don't think changing the manager is a panacea. I, I don't think any new manager goes into this, um, and takes this squad and we'll see us it's in a the bloody panacea it's a bloody panacea against the misery i've suffered for christ's sake i'm not having that it's been one it is a wonderful i know what you mean i know what you mean and i'm feeling this wave of emotion as i am and i know nothing i'm going to say is going to hit the floor i'm going to say being a sexy football hipster that i feel i am with my jedward flying i'm all in for julian nagelsman and i have been for some time and i've got to tell you uh, i think that that was the appointment we should have tried to make uh, if we were going well as we sadly did uh, dismiss the, uh, the the greatest manager we've had uh, since Keith Birkinshaw. I think he should have been the choice then, and I hope he gets the nod now. And I don't think Bayern are going to take the punt on him right away. So I think we might well be in with a good shot. And I'm hoping that Daniel's been doing some behind-the-scenes homework and maybe is already on path with that. Let's hope so. Ricky, but do you think... Cut me off before... No, I, I was just thinking, <laughs> do you think Levy's been holding counsel with um, Kane about this? Because obviously we were all kind of worried that Kane might not be sold on another project because that might take one, two years and that kind of thing. But I think he's, he's, he must have asked him about, um, he must have asked him about whether he's still behind Jose and because yeah. Levy's probably intimated to him that, well, he isn't. So he just thinks that it's a failing project. So, the, and I think, I think Levy would have been worried about selling a new one to Kane. Mm. So the, the, the athletic article, uh, that came out this afternoon said that Kane was the only player who was on board with Mourinho at the end so uh, and both both Kane and Son released quite uh, warm social media messages to Mourinho when they left I mean that may well just be um, um, smart uh, branding social media etiquette what have you but they're both quite they're both quite warm so I'm not sure about that but um, yeah it's meant to it's meant to be on the card since Friday isn't it is what um, what the press are saying yeah so who knows I mean, it's supposed, there's, there's got to be more layers to this onion than we know. I mean, there have to be. I mean, I, I, I don't think it can be as simple or binary as Jose Mourinho was a toss pot. Uh, and, you know, 
everything was horrible. I mean, it can't be. It is in my head and it is in my heart, but obviously there's got to be more to it. Um, and it would be a disservice probably to him as a human being to assume that he is the direct reason for every element of his own downfall. And I think it's probably fair. Oh my word. I'm having a, I'm having a salient, thoughtful, conscious moment. My emotions are being checked for some logic and common sense, but it is, it does again bear saying that, you know, he can't have been the, the only ingredient in his own failure but it's very hard to feel sorry for a man who has loved himself as much as he has for so long i mean that's a truth who thinks um who thinks we've got off lightly though with the kind of you know when you compare it to other jose exits do you think he's gone quite quickly and it's not been too horrible yeah i think so i mean it's been painful isn't it since um since mid-december but um, the circus hasn't been anywhere near as big as it's been yeah, elsewhere, and he hasn't. Not, I don't think. I don't think he's managed to do lasting damage to the squad, which is um, is always the fear. I don't know. He's managed to derail. He derailed Delhi pretty badly, and again, we've discussed this many times. Delhi didn't help himself, I'm sure, in that mix. But he derailed him completely. Derailed Gareth Bale at a time when I thought Bale could have been flying. We will never know the full stories, and obviously, again, there's more to it, I'm sure, than my emotions are saying. So, I, I, yeah, maybe we've got away with one. I, I, I don't know. I, can, I, I have to say, I only, I can only feel that he he was here too long. Uh, that, I mean, I really, really I mean, feel that. But, you know, practically speaking, you're probably... I mean, it was it was reported that behind the scenes, when he was, like, being critical of players or something like that, that he was told to stop that. I mean, how, you know, how true that is, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Levy to say those things. I think he doesn't want you. Yeah, this is the, this is the, this is the truth of the matter. I mean, we again, as I said at the outset, and as we all agree, we're a pod that likes to try and be, you know, sort of more analytical and, and, and less, uh, off the cuff. Going off the cuff as we are, we're going off instant information. I think there will be things that will leak out in the coming days that will probably give more context to both, you know, his time at the club and why it ended and why it went south. Uh, I think there's probably a lot more that we don't know uh so you know it is going to be a story that rumbles on and i don't think we've heard the last from him on it i'm sure he's going to have his say um and and you know we i suppose we wait to hear it but uh on the other hand maybe i don't care maybe he can say what he wants and i'm just going to think well it's the same old bollocks that you spouted whenever anyone else finally rumbled you you know yeah, I, th- I think on the scales of Jose toxicity, um, if Man United was a 10 out of 10, I think this will be about a 6 out of 10. I think ultimately there there probably won't be a great deal of animosity from him towards the club and, and likewise from the club towards him. He'll, he'll just be someone who was our manager and it didn't work out. OK, closing off, scale of joy. Instead of positives and negatives, I'm going to do a scale of joy question. So scale of joy at the news of Jose Mourinho sacking. Who looks like they really don't want to answer this question first? Three, two, one. Milo, one to ten. Ten being the most joy you can express, one being the least. Um, nine. I'm pretty happy. Pretty happy. It's not birth, not birth of my firstborn, but, you know, it's, it's up there. <laughs> Gareth? Uh, for, for me, it's a six or a seven. Um, I think it's more relief than anything else. I, I wanted him to do well because if he did well, it meant that the club was going to do well, and you know he hasn't, and it's a it's a failing on the part ever, of the, of the ever, club. Ever, ever the rational, ever the rational Sorry. voice of reason. No, don't apologise for that. That's great. You should do. You should counterbalance the handbag waving likes of me, uh, Ricky. Um, a nine for me. A nine for me. Thank you for the days. I won't remember a single day, Jose. That'd be what I would say. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll close off by having my vote. Logically, I would say it is an eight. Emotionally, it is a full-on raging ten. Uh, and uh, in the great words of the Beatles, which I have quoted once already uh, somewhere, hello, goodbye. Uh, okay, so 
we we are as I said we're gonna we're gonna touch on this uh european super league very quickly um you know look i think uh i'll speak personally for a moment my heart was heavy with the news uh it, it is it's a further extension of the financial you know path down which football is going however let's not beat around the bush this is not news it is not new this has been happening since the advent of sky in 1992 um i'm sure that clubs like Notts forest could turn around and tell you how they were royally shafted uh, at the time um and you know the premiership essentially has been about a dozen clubs uh, sorry a half dozen clubs, a dozen clubs if we were lucky. It's been about a half dozen clubs now for too long. Uh, it has been a money ball game in and of itself. Um, you know, uh, people like Roman Abramovich uh, ensured that and the Glazers also continued. So I think there's a lot of over-emotional reaction to the news today uh, when you look at it logically. Again, emotionally, I can't think there's a football fan al- uh, alive, a true football fan who does not feel sadness and a certain amount of anger that this is being dictated to us uh, but the football hypocrite in all of us dictates or in some of us that we are going to continue watching our clubs regardless I think that's a, a living truth so my hope is that everyone can sort of sit back a little bit let this ball unfold because there's more to come uh, there's more news to come um, and guys uh, I've had my little soliloquy uh, I will just say before I hand it over, I do remember in 1984, I watched Keith Birkinshaw after we won the UEFA Cup, pointing towards the West Stand or gesturing towards it and saying there used to be a football club over there. So the idea of finance ruining football is not new. We have been experiencing it for a long time. And this is just another sad page in that story. Someone stop me from waffling. Milo, Gareth. Sorry. Um, I, I, stop I, apologising. Interrupt. I will stop <laughs> apologising. Um, I've my my thoughts on it have toned down since the news first broke yesterday. I, I think it's been I think it's been misreported. Certainly, BBC News this morning misreported it, and there was still the um, I, th- I still th- think the subtext of what they were suggesting was that all these clubs are saying they want to pull out of the Premier League completely. They don't, they don't want to play any domestic games, and they want to be all about this Super League, which of course isn't quite the case. I've got to say, in principle, I, I'm totally against it. I think it goes against the meritocracy that um, European club football has been built on over over a hundred year period but look I'm a traditionist I'd like all games to kick off at three o'clock on a Saturday um, I'd like the return of the European Cup Winners Cup and you only being able to watch the highlights on sports night if you stayed up for it and you know and teams not changing into into away kits for commercial reasons but I think it's a real vindication of, of, yeah. of, of, of Daniel Levy and Enoch actually that we're even in the conversation for this and I think that the views towards Spurs seem to have been softened certainly with what you know Gary Neville was very outspoken yesterday and really hit at Liverpool um, United and Arsenal uh, Milo no you carry on so I was just I was just signaling for me to come in next you carry on okay um I think from our perspective, Daniel Levy cannot afford not to be putting Spurs' name into the hat for this one. And the fact that we seem to be accepted as a founding member of this one is, say, you know, it's really a vindication of his time at the club. And I think as Spurs fans, and say not all Spurs fans, but I think a lot of us could be a bit hypocritical here because those that will be criticising Levy for doing this one will be the first to criticise him for not spending money on players. And he is looking at an opportunity to get investment and revenue into the club which actually we badly need because our whole business model has been completely thrown up in the air over what's happened globally in the last 15 months or not so I've I've got no issues with Daniel Levy putting Spurs name in the hat for this one um I I don't think it's a starter I don't think it will happen I think the best thing is that it kind of gets forgotten about but um 
I mean, look, th- th- those are my thoughts on it. So just to go against that, I think it will happen. I think it'll start this summer. Um, and I think the clubs probably will end up pulling out domestic competitions um, because I think it, I think the two are incompatible. Um, but I also think that, you know, Steph was talking about kind of the Premier League. You know, most of the major European leagues aren't competitive anymore. You know, the Premier League is, is, is won by a handful of clubs. You know, apart from, you know, Leicester City, um, a few seasons ago, it's been won by a handful of clubs. If you look at Serie A, Juventus have won it how many years on the trot? And then it's going to be upset with Inter taking it, you know, this year. Um, if you look at Germany, Bayern Munich win the Bundesliga every year. If you look at, uh, in, in Spain, uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid share it and then occasionally let Atletico have a crack. The, yeah, if you look at, um, in, 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 in the Netherlands, Ajax walk it, walk it every year. In France, PSG win it every year. Lille might get it this year. Monaco got it 10 years ago. These leagues aren't competitive and it's it, the mega wealth of the big clubs isn't, isn't making competition any better. So maybe the Premier League's better off without these six clubs or English football's better off without these six clubs and the mega clubs can play each other on a, a more even footing every, every week. Ricky, come in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real Pandora's on. box of, you know, of the of the various stakeholders, the broadcasters, the associations. There's so many angles to it and how it's going to come about and how it's going to change things. And I'm conflicted about it, really. I'm, I'm the same as Gareth. I'm, I'm quite a traditionalist. I'd like things, you know, to say, not because I'm against change, but I just like things to stay as they are. And um, I suppose you could argue things, have, like you said at the, in the intro, Steph, that people, things haven't stayed the way they are through time, really. But um, uh, And I agree, uh, how would we feel this morning if we wasn't on the Super League side of the fence? You know, how how would we feel about that? Go on, Milo. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I'd say I'm, I'm conflicted as well. I mean, this isn't, you know, I, I don't think I'm a million miles away from, from where the rest of you are, but I think the rot started a long time ago, which I think is where Steph was starting. I think, you know, if we weren't part of this six, we would be facing up to the real possibility of our club going bankrupt. I think basically that that's the essence of the whole thing. I think there's a lot of clubs in trouble and it's been compounded by the COVID, which they've nicely put in their statement when they just well, talked. Some of that was really kind of disingenuous. Especially when you think that our stadium has been funded on the basis of future income. And without these six clubs in the Premier League, the TV income is going to, you know, the revenue from that is going to be dramatically reduced. Mm. You know, the, the earning power of the Premier League is going to be dramatically reduced. European competition, so whatever you, UEFA put in place to replace the Champions League, or you're, they're going to have to restructure this because they're not going to have any big clubs in it. And it's not going to get big TV revenue because they won't have the, you know, the clubs that people want to watch in it. So, um, you know, our, we wouldn't be able to pay for our stadium on what what's left if we weren't in this so you know it's really in this or um bankrupt i mean the thing the thing i'm slightly annoyed yeah, about i think the whole thing is it is just based around leveraging as much money as possible out of the game and of course when we've done that before all it does is trickle to the players and bigger transfers and bigger wages i mean there is there was talk though that i think because of obviously there's a lot of u.s interest in this because of a lot of the owners are u.s led so there's a, there is some talk that there might be the model that there'll be salary caps and there'll be that kind of thing which obviously would be high caps but hopefully that might stop it uh, stop uh, transfers and wages running away with themselves because that's that's where the extra money will end up and it's crippled and because of the oil clubs they've crippled some of the teams that didn't have the bottomless pits of monies really because they were just chasing the dream i mean barca even a big club like barca has suffered massively chasing that 
Yeah, and I think, look, uh, just to, so as we can keep this at a cap, let's bring it to a close. I mean, this is a topic that's going to roll on and on and on and on. Uh, I think there's a lot, again, a lot more layers to this onion. There is. I know my onions, <laughs> and I know there's a lot of layers to them. I will just, just to add, look, boys, I love nothing more than an away day. I love it. An away day is everything. And an away day to an old ground like Goodison Park or something like that is just magical to me. And this is a further decimation of what that is and what that can be. And that, that kills me. It hurts me. And it's, it's disgraceful. It's a disgrace. However, I think this is about disclosure and honesty. I'm too much of an addict to disengage. That is the truth. I wish I could make a quote unquote moral stand, but I don't think I have the strength. This club is too far in me. It's too deep. Uh, and I am going to watch the games that we play, whether they're in whatever league and whatever. However, I think we all agree we don't really like the concept, but it is a reality. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's where I am. Yeah. 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 Okay. I agree. All right. So that being, so that being said, let's bring this to a close. Guys, thanks very much. I think it's been excellent. We were able to come together and, and, uh, you know, have some thoughts and express ourselves and so on and so forth. And I hope the listeners have enjoyed, uh, you know, toddling along with us, uh, for the last 34 minutes. I think we're only four minutes over what we wanted to project there, Milo, which was a half an hour. So, you know, let's call it added time for an injury <laughs> in the first minute, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, let's do that. <laughs> so I think, I think on that case, I'm going to say that I can see that the final whistle is in my mouth. Thank you very much, boys. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, Steph.